Super Talk Mississippi media production. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two. Roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Thursday to you, Golden Eagle fans. Listen across the state of Mississippi on the Super Talk Mississippi Network. It's the Eagle Hour. Appreciate you spending some time with us on this Thursday. Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander, Dalton Stanford from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Bob out today, but he'll be joining us tomorrow as we take the Eagle Hour on the road to Ramey's Motorsports down in Purvis. First segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Dickie's Barbecue, home team located at Turtle Creek Mall, uh, just there in West Hattiesburg. And Dickie's is there to provide everything you need. Football season is starting up uh, with high school next weekend. Maybe you want to do a high school uh, tailgate, uh, getting ready for the Eagles against uh, Alcorn State on August 31st, call Dickie's up and let them do the catering for you or just drop by one of their their restaurants, eat some of that great barbecue, and get some of the uh, honorary Kelly Center ice cream. Kelly, how's your Thursday, bud? Going good, Luke. I think we're officially out of the... uh the heat, the heat warnings now. I think officially today, although it's still what's supposed to be ninety six or ninety eight tomorrow. I mean, it's still too hot. Oh yeah, it's it's plenty hot. And and how how much hotter is it to people wanting to get their driver's licenses renewed? <laughs> yeah, I gotta do that oh, next yeah. week. What a mess! The whole system is wiped out, isn't it? Hey, and and imagine you know how slow it is when things are working properly. Imagine the backlog that's yes. going to take place. All, all I know is next week, when I turn 21, they better have everything back up and running again so I can go get my new license. Dalton? What? Dalton, you just made a mistake. What? Every listener of the Eagle Hour has been thinking you're in your mid-30s. You just unveiled your age to them. Bob always calls so, me a college student millennial, so I figured it was a given. Yeah, but you could have gone back, you know. Anyway, that's, that's for... Uh, <laughs> Another day. Great show for you today. Patrick McGee uh, will be talking to us. Uh, Golden Eagles uh, have a scrimmage uh, coming up. And uh, just talk some of those newcomers. Great article on Tim Jones and uh, just how he looks like a totally different football player this year. That exciting wide receiver core. Uh, We'll be talking to Patrick a little later in the program. But Lady Eagles soccer team, uh, fresh off a good performance down in Baton Rouge last Friday against the LSU Tigers. They dropped 2-1. to LSU is preseason ranked 24th. So a good showing by Coach Moe and the Lady Eagles. An exhibition game. And they head to Starkville Saturday evening at 6 o'clock to take on the Mississippi State Bulls. Bulldogs. Uh, so we want to talk a little more soccer today. Sarah Brusco uh, was a Golden Eagle soccer player from 2007 to 2010, and she joins us now on the phone. Sarah, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are y'all? We are excellent and thankful uh, for you to come on. Now, one of the things about soccer, people talk about football, but football really doesn't start till September. You were a part of a sport that officially kicked off the athletic uh, season every single year. You soccer players, uh, man, right in the middle of the heat of August, you're playing real games. Yeah, it's always um, right in, I guess, the worst part of the summer when it starts back up. 
It, it's been pretty brutal. I've been, uh, you know, feeling sorry for the Lady Eagles having to practice out in this stuff. But you're from Marcus High School out in uh, Dallas, Texas, so that's a that's a, a hot place on earth too. How did you end up in Hattiesburg? Tell our listeners uh, how you got to Southern Miss to play soccer for the Lady Eagles. Um, just from being recruited, I whenever I came, uh, Gail Macklin was the head coach, and I'm actually not sure where um, she saw me at, but. Um, she was interested in me and one other teammate from my club team. And uh, she actually went to Marshall, but I ended up at Southern Miss. Sarah, when, when you were a kid, I, you were a kid so much of travel soccer now. It, it, it seems like now, and I want you to, from what you know about today compared to when you were playing as a, as a young lady growing up, it seemed like soccer never had a downtime. I mean, that they were playing almost all year round. How has it evolved over time? Um, I don't really know how much, like, kind of how it is right now. But, um, I mean, it, there really wasn't much of a downtime. I think most of the time we had about a couple weeks off um, around Christmas, maybe two to three max. And then um, really that probably was mainly the main break, especially when you got a little older playing in high school soccer. They just kind of overlapped. And, you'd, I mean, there was always something. Now, I love different sports, but after about three or four months of it, I'm done. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm ready to move on to the next sport that's in season. And, and truly a legitimate question for me is, how did you protect yourself from burnout? Playing at a Division One level, obviously you had to play a lot as a kid to get better. How did you protect yourself from burnout? Um, I think you just kind of go through phases. I mean, there were times that we, like, we would be burnt out, but you didn't really want to let your teammates down and not give it your all. So it was kind of more about being a team player and kind of fighting through that phase where you just maybe weren't quite so in love with the sport. And then, you know, you'd get back to winning some good games or playing some really good teams and it would kind of become fun again. And then you just go back through that cycle. Your, your Golden Eagle experience when you were here, you had to, we're going to rack your memory a little bit, you had to have certain <laughs> expectations as to what you thought the Golden Eagle slash college experience was going to be like. How did it compare to what turned out to be reality? Um, I don't, I mean, I guess I didn't really know too much about it going in. I mean, I guess I'm probably a little different than I know a lot of girls growing up. Whenever I was Growing up playing soccer, like I was never really one of the girls that was like, ooh, it's my dream to play on the women's national team or anything like that. It was just, you know, I enjoyed soccer. I loved it. I loved the friends I made. So I kind of just kept going. Um, So going into college, I mean, I, I guess I knew that it would be a job. I didn't really know how much of a, that's what I tell people now, it's basically like your job whenever you're in um, college. And um, I don't know. I mean, like, I enjoyed it. I, you know, you go through phases where obviously preseason is um, is not the most fun part of it, but you just develop these this great bond with all your teammates because everyone's in the thick of it. And just as, I mean, I don't want to just say miserable because you're happy to be there, but like you said, it's hot and you work out a ton and that's basically all you do for, I don't remember how long it is, but... 
that whole time. And once you get past that part, it really becomes like the fun part, traveling and having all your friends together and all that. The camaraderie that people talk about all the time in sports, and Luke Johnson has talked about it on the football side as he played for the Golden Eagle football team. You played for the women's soccer team. The camaraderie that that is developed when you're in the battle with other people like this is is certainly been well documented now. Are you still in touch with a lot of your your teammates? Do you all ever get together and reminisce? Um, I am still in touch with them, but I, I actually moved back to, uh, not necessarily Dallas, but the Dallas area, um, with my husband. And so we kind of spaced out, um, but I do keep up with a lot of the girls on Facebook and we always talk about, you know, trying to get back together again, um, whether it be for like another alumni game or just together again in general, but it's, it's a lot harder whenever you're, um, I guess don't have the college schedule <laughs> well sure. and the body Absolutely. the body doesn't want to do what it used to do back back then either does it exactly <laughs> sarah you came in and and played uh from the get-go played about 1400 minutes uh that's a lot of minutes you're a defender <laughs> and so a lot of times that's where you know you, you you don't get as much love back there holding down the back line but what was the what was your attitude you know as a defender uh, that, that allowed you, you know, to, to play as much as you did and to have a successful career. What is it about a, a defender for the Lady Eagle soccer team that makes your role so important? Um, it's kind of just about helping. I mean, it's all a team sport or whatever, and so it's trying to just kind of support the forwards and the midfielders as much as you can, and then whenever the players do slip past them, just trying to help clean it up as much as you can and get them the ball back because that's ultimately what the goal is is for your forwards and midfielders to have the ball you know as much as possible um i i don't know i've kind of always played defense i mean i when i was really young i played a little bit of forward but defense was just kind of always where my heart was um even though like you said i don't get quite as much love and, and attention that was just that's was my home, I guess. I don't I don't know a whole lot yeah, about a soccer, Luke, but I'll bet that the, the defender, you probably run less than other positions. That would be my position. That's, but, that's but Sarah would tell you that you're that's where the that's where the toughest are. They got to shut down the forwards in the midfield. Got to make some big tackles and and save the day. Sarah, about about thirty seconds left. I know one of those former teammates that you had was Renee Ratman. Went on and married a, a man that nobody knows about named Brian Dozier. So pretty cool that you know some of some of the you went to school with Brian too. It's just you know that Southern Miss family, how it just kind of expands all over the country. Yeah, yeah, it is pretty cool. Um, my husband's actually from Southern Miss and all that, and so he, we both enjoy watching him and seeing how successful he is. So you guys back in Dallas? Uh, we are actually just outside of Fort Worth. Okay, awesome. Well, we appreciate you joining uh, us today on the Eagle Hour for reminiscing, and thanks for everything you did to contribute to Lady Eagle Soccer. Of course. Thank you for having me. Sarah Brusco, 2007 to 2010. Uh, when we get back, Patrick, or uh, we'll sit down, Kelly and I will, with Patrick McGee from the Bluxy Sun Herald. Talk some Golden Eagle football camp right after this on the Eagle Hour.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Second segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Campus Bookmark, located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, right across from the campus of Southern Miss. Getting ready for this athletic season, already underway with soccer, volleyball, football coming our way pretty quick. Get everything you need to cheer on the Golden Eagles at Campus Bookmark. If you're not in Hattiesburg, you can go online, campusbookmark.net, and get everything you need to cheer on the Golden Eagles. Appreciate Sarah Brusco for joining us in uh, that first segment, Lady Eagles take on uh, the Lady Bulldogs of Mississippi State in soccer exhibition game, but still uh, big game. Uh, some of those young players for the Lady Eagles and the transfers, an opportunity uh, to go up to Starkville and, and play Lady Eagles. Then we'll open the season uh, next week against uh, Missouri. Patrick McGee of the Bluxy Sun-Herald joins us. This is his second time this week. And, uh, Patrick, just want to let you know um, that Bob said because of, uh, you know, two times in a week your your appearance fee, uh, he would he would get you double this week. So just wanted to let you know that. Two times zero is still zero. That's Hey, welcome to my world, okay? Anyway, uh, a lot to talk about, uh, especially with, with fall camp. You got a new article up on sunherald.com. Really, and, and one of the recurring things that we find ourselves talking about as people observe this football team in fall camp is just the amazing job that Jim Durning and his strength and conditioning staff have done. Lady, or the, the Eagles look stronger, they look faster, but specifically the wide receiver core, uh, a kid that you followed a day down at Biloxi uh, in high school and now at Southern Miss, really, really looking like he's ready to step up for the Golden Eagles in a big way. Yeah, he's kind of a he, – he played on the outside in high school, and I thought that's where he would play at Southern Miss, but he's turned out to be, you know, kind of a physical uh, – he's bulked up and got a little stronger. He's always, you know, kind of pushed around DBs in high school, but in college it's gotten to a point to where he's now weighing six foot one, 213 pounds, uh, all muscle. And uh, he's always had pretty good speed, great hands. Uh, but just adding that kind of more of a phys- physical aspect to his game has made him that much tougher to handle on the inside. He's good at setting picks for uh, fellow receivers, and and you know I you know Tim Jones had a good year last year, but I, you know I expect a little bit more out of him. I think he would have had a better season last year uh, if the, if Abraham and, and Watley had more time to throw the ball. Uh, it's often you know maybe is the hardest to you know make to have that kind of pass that route develop over the middle where Tim Jones often was. Uh, maybe this year Abraham will get more time and be able to find Jones over the middle. Uh, Jones only had one touchdown last season, and uh, he's a guy that you should be able to rely, rely on in that part of the field. So I think Tim Jones this year, is, as the offensive line uh, improves, and Jones is just a smarter, a year older, a more physical guy in better shape, I think Tim Jones is probably due a, a pretty big season this year. Is uh, is the wide receiver position? Is it the deepest position for the Golden Eagles? You know, I, it. I think it is. You know, I, I think people talk about the defensive line and linebacker uh, also, but I mean, in terms of quality and, and starting experience and, and capable of being able, to, I don't think there's really that much room between one and two in the receiving core. Uh, maybe you could say the same same thing in some areas of linebacker, but I think at receiver, basically. Uh, you've got 68 guys uh, who, who, are, wow. who are probably who are starters on a lot of different teams in Conference USA. I mean, Neil McLaurin in the spring looked like a guy that was really able to step up. Uh, he, he's going to be fighting to get on the field this season when you consider Quez Watkins and Jordan Mitchell and, 
and Tim Jones are all back from last season. So uh, Southern Miss has got about seven receivers who, who are perfectly capable of starting. Kelly, um, you know, you, you watched uh, Jordan Mitchell in, in high school out there at Oak Grove, and, and he's just really come on. Uh, but, but, you know, Patrick, Jalon Adams was a kid last year that really mm-hmm. showed flashes of athleticism, and he's a guy that you're looking at, you know, he may be your fifth or sixth receiver. I mean, it's pretty amazing uh, the, the weapons that they will have. Now, when we talk about, we talk about quarterback, um, I may ask you this Monday, I may ask you this last week, are they really considering, like, Abraham being a 20-to-20 guy and then Tate being a red zone guy? Uh, well, I don't think so much red zone with Watley. Uh, I think they could possibly put him in there in short, you know, in, in maybe where it's like at the second or three, you know, the, at the two or the three or something like that. You know, I, I could see Watley kind of entering the, the game on a, say, on a second and one or a third and one or a third and two uh, to just kind of add that little extra option of running with the football. Uh, so, yeah, I think Watley's kind of a guy uh, they put in in short, short yardage situations. I, w- I wouldn't really say 20 to 20 for Abraham. I think he's in there for the most part. But in certain short yardage situations, I think Watley gets on the field. And, I th- you know, I think like last year to where uh, they gave Watley a-, a possession or so against Louisiana Tech, uh, you know, I-, I-, I think that, you know, Dawson got creative with it. I expect Faulkner to get creative with it as well and try to find places to get Watley in the game. Other people that cover Conference USA, Patrick, you ask them you know, who who might be the surprise team in Conference USA this year on a, on a plus side, and Southern Miss is the answer that is given more often than not. I'm asking you to try to try to kind of project why that might be the general consensus among uh, other people who cover Conference USA. Why would people say that Southern Miss could potentially be the surprise team on the plus side, uh, the dark horse, if you will, this season? Well, I, I think a lot of people do that just because of the sheer number of, of starters back from last year. And I think some people kind of put that label on Marshall as well. And I think they've got nine starters back on offense. And we saw those two teams go head-to-head, and that was not a, that was not an offensive masterpiece uh, between those two teams last year in Hattiesburg. So uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, of Marshall and Southern Miss, whichever team makes the most progress on offense, uh, I think that's kind of who who kind of steps to the fore and and makes a run into North Texas. I'm I'm starting to kind of doubt FAU a little bit. They've had a lot of kind of uh, instability in the program with guys kind of coming and going in the off season. And uh, even they had offensive lineman leave for uh, FAMU just uh, if it, uh, Florida A and M just this last week. So uh, I, I I see kind of North Texas being the favorite right now, but I see Southern Miss and Marshall as the the biggest threats to winning a conference title outside of North Texas. When it comes to conferences, particularly in college, is it healthier for the league overall to have a traditional powerhouse or to have true parity like there might be this year or could be very well this year with Conference USA? Well, I mean, that's a good question. But if, if you look at a, a Mountain West who's largely been ruled by Boise State, uh, they've been in major bowl games. Uh, I, I think it would have been better for Conference USA uh, to have a team that kind of regularly regularly wins the conference and is in, in the hunt for major bowl games. Uh, it's There's been a lot of parity within the conference. Uh, I think the conference has gotten better from the standpoint that there's fewer bad teams. Uh, you're going to look at maybe a UTEP or UTSA as pretty bad teams this year in conference, but outside of that, everybody else is kind of starting the season uh, with a shot of it, you know, I think Rice is probably going to be pretty bad too. 
Uh, but everybody else kind of starts the season with a shot at their divisional title, or at least kind of they have that hope. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think there's argument to be made that it would have been better for the conference to have one team that kind of rule the roost and, and win, you know, 11, you know, 11 games a year or something like that. But uh, that's why, you know, the TV money's there more, I think, if you have a team like a Boise State in the conference. And the conference just hasn't had that. I, I just think from a standpoint of an overall program health, the health report card of the Southern Miss football program right now is as good as it's been in probably five years. And going, yeah. and going forward. You know the way. So I'm, I'm saying this could be this could be a team. This team, this team, and this season is going to be so crucial because the Eagles could be set up to make a pretty good run, not only this year but for years to come. Luke, would you agree? Yeah, it, and it depends on because Abraham's not a senior, you know, and what you're going to have to replace is is a, a few places on the offensive line. But what you've got is you got Mosley as a sophomore. Uh, Perkins, won't, if Perkins plays, he's just a junior. And uh, Patrick, how many guys are we going to graduate this year on defense this year? Oh, gosh, I haven't done the math. Uh, I think we're shot. Hemby's back. Latham's back. Yeah, last night. it's not many guys off this team in general. Uh, you know, you lose, you're going to lose Dorbeck and, and Pollard, uh, but outside of that, you have pretty good experience come back on the offensive line. Uh, in the backfield, everybody's back. Most of the receivers are back. Uh, you lose Terry and and uh, McLaurin, uh, but yeah, I mean, if overall, Southern Miss is going to have a lot back. But I don't, you know, I I don't really, you know. Uh, by the idea that oh you know this team's going this team's going to be really good but next year they're going to be great I think this year is absolutely crucial uh, I think this team is yeah you've got a bunch of juniors but these are juniors with experience and this is a big year for them this is a big year for a Tim Jones a, a Jack Abraham uh, so this is the year where they really need to come into their own uh, this is a big year for Jay Hobson and staff to to prove that they can put this team over the hump and maybe be a nine to ten win team. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't see a huge leap from this year to next necessarily. I think this year is absolutely crucial. Yeah, I, I agree. Okay. But, I, but I think as far as the table being set for a good, consistent, solid run going right. forward, yeah. and with Jay Hobson locked right. into a longer-term contract than, you know, say some, you know, some other coaches in the league, stability is so important. And uh, right. hopefully that will pay off this year going forward it as is. well. Patrick, uh, we, we're up against a break. Can you hang around for a couple more minutes on the other side? Sure. Okay, we'll be back with uh, Patrick McGee talk a little more Golden Eagle football right after this on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. The Eagle Hour continues on this Thursday as we get you ready for the weekend. This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by our friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill in the shadows of M.M. Roberts Stadium right across the uh, Highway 49 bridge there on 4th Street, home of the uh, 895 lunch special daily and a place that you can hang out prior to the football game. Air conditioning, 
<laughs> with the temperatures outside. Thinking for that first game, you might want to do your pregame at uh, 4th Street and then head over to the stadium. We talk about the Southern Miss memorabilia and all the great uh, deals that are going on. Trivia will get cranking back again when the students start classes. But don't forget, uh, lots of billiard tables in there, too. Lots of great place to shoot a game of pool and enjoy the fellowship. 4th Street Bar and Grill. Continuing our discussion, Kelly Sander, Luke Johnson, and uh, Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. Patrick, I want to ask you um, uh, a little bit about the special teams at Southern Miss. We really haven't talked about uh, kick, uh, the, the kicking game or uh, you, you know special teams and those sorts of things. What, what, tell us what you think at this point, and, and are there any youngsters, are there any true freshmen that might be able to to get in the crack the lineup immediately. Uh, well, it, it, they didn't punt at all, if I remember right, during the, the scrimmage on Saturday. So honestly, I don't really have much of a take. But Andrew Stein, a, uh, a, a freshman kicker out of Slidell, I believe it is, uh, he's he handled all the place kicking duties on Saturday and made all. I think kicked two field goals. Everything was fine. Uh, didn't show great power or anything like that, but appeared to be consistent. Uh, on, on field goals and, and extra points and all that. So uh, at this point, uh, from what I understand, he's got the, the significant edge on being the kicker with the uh, Briggs Bourgeois dealing with an injury at this point that appears to be kind of, it might be threatening to keep him on the field uh, all season. So it, it's looking like it's going to be in a freshman's hands to be the kicker. And as far as punter goes, it sounds like it's several guys, but I haven't really seen anybody since the first day of camp. Uh, so as far as the other freshmen playing this season, I think that's going to be tough outside of, you know, say a Stein or a Coker Wright at guard. Uh, but, you know, of course, some redshirt freshmen will get on the field like Hayes Maple and stuff and guys like that. But as far as true freshmen coming into the fold, I don't think we'll see that many kind of fit in just based on how many starters or back from last season. Luke, you know a lot about a lot about the game of football. Is is there a general position in football where you can and I use this term loosely, stick a freshman in and not have to worry as much about a mistake as maybe some other positions? Well, Patrick, last year we stuck a true freshman at center. It's <laughs> one of the hardest places to yeah. to put one. I mean, you don't. You know, I would think uh, maybe a free safety. Uh, you know, a, a running back. Uh, as long as the, the biggest thing with running backs is is pass protection. You know, can they pick up blitzes? Can they communicate rightly? And a, I mean, I think probably the easiest place, Patrick, is receiver. If a guy knows the route. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one. Where you saw, you know, some guys kind of fit in here in recent seasons as freshmen. Obviously, no freshmen are going to be on the field. I know Chris Scruggs is somebody that a receiver that uh, a true freshman receiver that Jay Hobson has spoken highly of. But I don't know how you fit the guy on the field uh, at this point. Yeah. Maybe he's, you know, if somebody goes down, he he maybe gets into the rotation some way. But uh, I think the only way we—that's the only way we really see being a freshman on the field this season—is if, if there's injuries, and, and Lord knows they don't want yes. that. What about what about TQ Newsom? I mean, I know you got depth yeah. at running back. Yeah. Perkins uh, could play, but but Newsom, I mean, I, he's listed at six one. I've heard he's almost like a six two. I mean, is he yeah. like a Steven Anderson type of back, or is he a completely different back? No, he's he's kind of a guy that's kind of between a Mosley and an Anderson. Uh, uh, Newsom really, sh- I was impressed the way he ran the ball. He didn't do anything uh, that outstanding, but I think one of the kind of standout moments of by anybody running back on Saturday during scrimmage was whenever Newsom put his shoulder down and really kind of barreled through a, a safety or a linebacker. And, that, you know, that was pretty telling. I mean, he's a big kid, probably six one and a half, uh, 210, uh, 205, somewhere around that area. And he looks like he deserves to be out there. 
Uh, he's somebody that's going to be uh, – Steve Anderson was unavailable this past, past Saturday, dealing with the personal, the family matter. Uh, so TQ got to get a few more looks. But I think at running back, I think if there's a freshman, it's going to be TQ Newsom out there because he's physically he's prepared. He's a big, strong guy, uh, extremely intelligent football player. I, you know, TQ Newsom is a kid I covered in high school. Uh, like a lot, I think he's got a bright future, and I think a lot of people have seen him in this fall camp. I uh, think he's somebody that, you know, if he gets a red shirt this year, uh, he's going to have a big role to play next season. Now, Luke Johnson yeah. uh, and Patrick McGee of the Biloxi Sun-Herald, I want to shift gears and talk a little National Football League and talk about the NFL Golden Eagles, also known as the San Francisco 49ers. Because <laughs> Nick Mullins is having a great camp, and I know, mm-hmm. I know, Patrick, that they're paying Garoppolo stupid money. But right. another Golden Eagle yesterday picked him off what in three straight series. Is is this? Are they going to play Garoppolo? Is is Mullins going to get a fair shot at winning that job? No, I don't think so. I mean, uh, I think it was almost yeah. I think Moore got uh, intercepted. But I think I think it was five straight interceptions that Garoppolo threw yesterday. Yeah. So uh, I think Mullins came in, you know, trying to beat Bethard, and at the end of the day, I think Mullins is going to beat him out and be the number two quarterback. Uh, but they've got too much money invested in. And Garoppolo, not to really give him a chance from day one. And whenever he's been on the field during regular season for the 49ers, he's played well. Uh, so I, I just don't see how they would take a step back from Garoppolo at this point. And Bethard uh, got hurt, yeah, right? Bethard's out. Yeah, now. I, you know, I was kind of trying he's, to find out. got thumb injury. Kind of chatting about that. And, uh, uh, that was kind of news to me. Uh, but that's a big deal. If, if Mullins, you know, if, if Bethard's hurt, that because he really had no room to give with Mullins because Mullins came in, you would have thought, with the. A slight, at least a slight edge on him for the number two spot with the way he played last year. And if you compare the numbers between Beathers and Mullins a year ago, so I'm thinking Mullins is going to be your number two guy going into the season. And I know there's nothing that any of us can do about it, but when you when you hear these NFL teams say it doesn't matter, we're going to put our best guys on the field. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to try to win a Super Bowl. Well, if you base it on performance, and again, I'm not a, I, I don't know X's and O's like you guys do. But if Garoppolo's throwing interceptions and Mullins leading the team, Mullins is my guy. And I don't care how much I'm paying Garoppolo. I'm just saying. And I, if, if that's the way it is, fine. But then tell us that. Don't say you're going to put your best guys on the field. Say we're going to pay. We're going to, we have to play the guys we're paying the most amount of money. I, well, I, it's a cavalier attitude, I know. But, and it ain't going to happen. But your thoughts? Yeah, well, I mean, it's, the fact is that Garoppolo has played really, really well whenever he's been healthy and in the game. I mean, he led him to, what, four or five straight wins in 2017 and he got hurt before he got going last season so Garoppolo you know it's, it's, it's still scrimmages it's still practices uh, we'll, we'll see what happens goes in the season Garoppolo looks like the guy he looked like yesterday yeah if Mullins got a shot in the first uh, four to five games of the season but Garoppolo's going to be your guy you know in the, the first Jacksonville Jaguars game Picasso Nelson had him a day uh, with yeah. with four tackles, one of the def- defensive leaders. You guys overall, although they might not be great in number, our Golden Eagle alums are are doing pretty well and showing out. Yes. Y- yeah, I mean, you could almost put together a starting offensive line of all Southern Miss guys. Chris Clark uh, was just signed this past week by the Saints, so they've got two uh, former Southern Miss offensive linemen and Cameron Tom and Chris Clark, and you got Demar Dotson and Shot Hill. Guys like that. You got a quarterback. You got two running backs in the league. You got a receiver in Michael Thomas. Uh, you got Jamie Collins at linebacker. Some uh, multiple defensive linemen still in the league. And, and Tavarius uh, Moore. You got uh, Kalen Reed. You got Cornell Armstrong. And, and Picasso. It's still it's going to be tough for him to make the roster, but you know we all know how tough he is and how smart he is. I would think he's got a you know at least a shot to get the practice squad. So 
a lot of Southern Miss guys in, are in the league. There's been times where that it's been a little bit thin, but right now a lot of guys, and not all these are draft picks. A lot of them are undrafted free agents, so they're going in there and, and earning spots on rosters and putting together lengthy careers. And that doesn't that doesn't surprise me because the whole blue collar label that's been slapped on Southern Miss over the years that, that, that doesn't surprise me at all. The guys are actually going in and earning spots. It's not like they haven't heard that they're not good enough before, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty interesting. It, it, you know, it's worth kind of looking at. It, you, know, I, you know, I'm trying to – I know Ito was a draft pick. Uh, Michael Thomas was a late draft pick. But uh, really, other than – I think Kalen Reed was Mr. Irrelevant. So, uh, guys that – even the guys that are – you know, that were draft picks aren't exactly, you know, third or fourth rounders. You know, Jamie Collins was a fairly high draft pick. Uh, Tavarius Moore was a high draft pick. But outside of that, not that many guys that really kind of – came out as top prospects, but guys are really hanging around the league. Well, there was talk that uh, that Nick Mullins would be a, a trade prospect maybe for the Dallas Cowboys and replace the Mississippi State guy with the Southern Miss guy. <laughs> but how much is Dak going to wind up with, Patrick, do you think? Uh, no, I mean, as far as Nick Mullins getting you know looks from other teams, I, I mean, I, I can't help but think that's going to happen, but there's only really so many spots in this league. Uh, you know, maybe a Miami Dolphins, if, there's, if things kind of go south for them, uh, you know, they're They've got kind of a little bit of a question mark at the position. So uh, there's a handful of uh, teams in this league that really aren't too secure at the quarterback position. So if Mullins gets an opportunity early in the season, maybe Garoppolo is dinged up for a moment and shows again that he can do it. I think that's what people are kind of anxious to see. They're watching him this preseason to see how he performs, if he can kind of replicate what he did late last year. So I think people right. are watching Nick Mullins as, as another option uh, maybe midway through the season. Patrick, uh, real quick, the Tropical Smoothie Frisco Cafe Bowl. Any Conference USA affiliation going to be with that new bowl? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. So, yeah, that's that's going to be another one that's got, got weird sponsorship. So, yeah, uh, I miss the old days of bowl games where everything was just independent but, bowl or the peach bowl. But if we were to go to that and be in the press box, they might serve us some tropical smoothie Frisco Bowl cafe smoothies for free. I'd rather go to Independence Bowl and get served walk-ons. <laughs> Amen. Patrick, thanks for joining us, bud. We appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. Kelly and I will close it out on the Eagle Hour right after this. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Our final segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Gulfport Home Center, the largest inventory and best prices in South Mississippi on manufactured housing. Not only can they get you into a home, but if you think, well, gosh, the price on the home was good, but where am I going to put it? They even have some ideas as to land 
that's available and where you might want to think about uh, putting your uh, manufactured home. Gulfport Home Center on Highway 49, just south of where you'd see Harrison Central High School there. Uh, you can't hardly miss it. You can join them on the web as well. Highway 49 and Gulfport, Gulfport Home Center. We thank them for their continued support. It's weekend number two of the National Football League, albeit exhibition games, but uh, some Eagles will be flying high in exhibition games tonight, Luke. Let's take a look at a couple of those games and who we might be seeing in action for their respective NFL squads. At six tonight, Philly uh, is down in Jacksonville, so my you know, my good friend Logan Cook punting for the Jags. Big game for Picasso Nelson uh, against a good offense. Picasso had four tackles in the last game uh, against uh, in the first game for the for the Jags, and he's one of those borderline guys. When you're looking at, he, he may be somewhere in the 52 to 54 range on on the roster. So uh, Picasso needing a, a big game tonight, and he's going to have an opportunity to do it. You would think in game two, Kelly, that you would see more of Carson Wentz more of some of these offensive guys so so Picasso may have an opportunity to shine and get some of the league's best. The thing about Picasso Nelson is he's one of those guys that he's he's a good kid anyway. We've we've talked about that and that's been documented, but Picasso Nelson has never really failed at anything he's done. Whether it's academics, whether it's athletics, whatever he chooses to take on, he has succeeded at. It's a complicated formula as to why, but I, and I know that the deck is stacked against him as a non-drafted free agent, but I'm telling you, it would not surprise me at all for him to make that squad just because he's just that kind of guy, you know? Everything seems to turn up roses, and a lot of it's because of the decisions that he makes, but I'm just saying it wouldn't surprise me at all for him to make that squad, and I hope he does. Yeah, me too. Uh, Atlanta tonight, Ito Smith scoring a touchdown in uh, in his first game. Didn't really get that many touches, uh, but scored a touchdown in his first game. Jets come to Atlanta tonight uh, at 6.30 to take on uh, the Falcons. So Ito Smith there, uh, Sam Darnold, and Le'Veon Bell, the big story for the Jets. So hopefully Ito can get some some good good touches. Jalen Richard and the Raiders. Uh, Chucky to go to take off Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals at 7. Uh, the Packers take on the Ravens. No Southern Miss guys in that game. But a game of mutual interest. How, what have you and Bob said about this six thirty matchup tonight between the Bengals and the Redskins? Well, if it was if it was a bowl game, it'd be called the Tidy Bowl. You know, <laughs> I don't think the Redskins or the Bengals are necessarily going to be destined for greatness this year. But hey, if it's the only win we get, it'll be a source of pride for either of us. But uh, don't think there's any Southern Miss guys in in that game either, because the Golden Eagles tend to play good football, and the Redskins and Bengals don't. So that would stand a reason. But at 7 tonight, the, the Raiders and the Cardinals will be on ESPN. So uh, Jalen Richard should get some, some playing time. He's really going into the season as the two-back uh, behind Jacobs from, from Alabama. So a good opportunity to watch Jalen tonight. Uh, some, some Thursday night football uh, for you. I want to go back to a couple things that we mentioned to, uh, to Patrick right going off air. The Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl is going to be on Friday, December 20th at 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central at Toyota Stadium in Frisco, Texas. It's going to be uh, televised on ESPN2. Looks like Conference USA will be uh, connected to this game. So the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl uh, down in uh, Frisco, Texas. So uh, perhaps uh, Golden Eagles might land there, hoping for a better than December 20th game. Kelly, uh, while you and, and Patrick were talking about Garoppolo's uh, contract, I just went back to look at it. Stupid money, isn't it? 48 
Yeah, well, it, the, the general terms are five years for one hundred and thirty-seven million five hundred thousand, uh, forty-eight point seven million guaranteed. Now that's that's amazing, but he's got an annual workout bonus of six hundred thousand dollars. Forget the hundred and thirty-seven mil. I'll do the six hundred thousand workout bonus. Now, does that mean they pay him to work out? I guess. I mean, it's it's a the, annual. It's an annual. So for five years, you could make $3 million just working out when they tell you to work out. But isn't that kind of part of the job? <laughs> Doesn't that kind of go along with it? I'm just telling you. It's, a, it's considered a bonus. It's also considered an annual per-game active bonus of $50,000. So basically every game he's active, I guess, and so you would want him to be active because he's your starting quarterback. He gets an additional fifty grand. For every game he's active. So he could get benched, and he still gets an additional $50,000. Which just goes back to what you were saying and Patrick were saying before, that, that Nick Mullins could uh, could be miraculous but still not get to play because of the, the money that they have to pay, you know, Garoppolo one yeah. way or the other. What, um, what, was, uh, what was your signing bonus to come on the Eagle Hour? Oh, my gosh. There were a lot of zeros involved. I will say that. <laughs> hey, I, I, uh, I want to ask you real quick too. Are you a little bit surprised with real quick with the Raiders how that's becoming a soap opera now with Antonio Brown? And I can't believe that Chucky, that uh, Gruden would allow that shenanigans to, to hey, go on. He needs him. He 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 desperately needs him. That doesn't mean it's right, but he needs him. Uh, Eagle Hour tomorrow. Come see us in Purvis. Come see my Gravely Zero Turn at Ramy Motorsports. Bob will be with us tomorrow. Appreciate Patrick uh, McGee and Sarah Brusco joining us, and uh, we'll catch you tomorrow, same time. We'll be out at Purvis uh, on the road. Thanks for a great Eagle Hour today, and as always, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.